right, can you hear me okay? Good, because I can't hear myself. All right. Do a favor for me. Um, I'm a little nervous. I haven't preached in two years. I don't know if you guys know that or not. So let's just pray. Can you pray with me? All right, Father God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the work that you've done already in worship, preparing our hearts for what you want to do, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that the deep wells are going to continue this morning. Thank you. We just praise you, Lord. We look and put our eyes on you this morning. Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, hey, we're going to dive into this. My name is Matt Tarka. I've been part of the City Lights on the Board of Deacons from the inception of the church. Great friends with the Chamberlains and then just recently um, uh, became the men's pastor that we're kicking up in the fall. I'm excited about that. All right. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've been doing a lot of one-on-one with the men, and it's been awesome to hear these men that are hungry for Jesus, and that's pretty exciting. Uh, Kurt and Emily are still on uh, sabbatical. They'll be back August 14th. Is that correct? Um, So they have about one more week, and they're having a good time from what I hear. Um, That's awesome. So keep blessing them and praying for them. It's really cool. All right. We are going to cover a lot today. So we're midweek through this, uh, midway through our Dream to Destiny series. Um, The last several weeks we've been teaching on this. Pastor Kurt uh, knew this message from Robert Morris back in 2011, asked his his pastoral team and different ministers to take a different week, and that's what we've been doing. And um, this is what's what's really cool. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, a.k.a. destiny. Most people, though, wander aimlessly, never seeing their dreams come to life. I, I heard Andrew Womack say this once, that God had him walk through a graveyard and read all the headstones, and the Lord said to him, look at all the stories that were never written. Wow. Let me ask you this. Do you have some story to write still? Do you want to write all the story that God intended for you? Well, then today, we're going to give you some tools to make sure you finish that journey and do it successfully, okay? All right, so I want to... Um, Start with a quick recap. There were 10 tests, and we have covered five. The first one is the pride test. So Joseph gets these dreams, right? Does anyone know the story so far? You've been here around, around a while. He gets these dreams that these sheaves of grain are, are being made, and his brother's sheaves bow to his sheaves, okay? And then he also has a dream that his parents are going to bow down to him. Well, Joseph is Jacob's favorite son, If you don't know why, he is the firstborn to Rachel and Jacob's true love. Honestly, you can read the story in Genesis 29. It is kind of a weird love triangle thing going on. And and this is why you understand that Jacob loves Rachel and why Joseph is his favorite. So Joseph, um, you know, Jacob does not hold back that Joseph is his favorite. So, you know, Jacob probably should have reeled it in a little bit, announcing to all his children that, hey, he's my favorite. But let's be clear here. Joseph is a spoiled brat. Okay? I'm not going to mince words here. He is a spoiled brat. He is a little annoying brother that he knows that he's daddy's favorite. And he prances around in his coat of many colors that his dad gave him. He gets these dreams, they bow down, they don't like it. Joseph's like, well, God gave it to me, so that's the truth, get over it, get over it. Joseph's pride gets him in trouble. The pit test, Joseph was about to be killed by his brothers, but the mercy of God 
kept them from doing that. They didn't want blood on his hands. They ended up selling him as a slave. I want you to know his pride led him straight to slavery. The third test is the prophetic test. Pastor Harmony touched on this, where Harmony shared how remembering the dreams, the prophetic dreams that God gave you, literally while you're in the pit. Your circumstances don't determine your destiny. Let me just say that again. Your circumstances do not determine your destiny. Partnering your heart with God's word spoken over you becomes your reality. Plug into the prophetic class that's coming up in August. Apostle Paul says, I wish you would all prophesy. If you don't know how to prophesy, come to the class. And by the way, it's new covenant prophecy, not old covenant prophecy. There's a difference. Then Pastor Leslie comes up with the palace test. This is, not comes up with it, she teaches on it. She's, <laughs> and really this is, this is the test is how will you steward another man's kingdom that gains you zero benefit? How will you steward another man's kingdom that gives you zero benefit? That's the palace test. Faithfulness to serve another is preparation for the promise. Last week, Pastor Greg came in with the purity test. That was powerful, very personal. Thank you, Greg. I don't know where you went, but that was awesome. So Joseph was the CEO of everything Potiphar owned. All his possessions except Potiphar's wife, that was off limits. Joseph had pure intentions and no desire for Potiphar's wife, but his wife had the hots for Joseph. She trapped him. According to Greg, Joseph is running around in a loin skirt. And as he runs away from this crazy lady, she grabs it and he flees behind, leaving his garment streaking across the palace. This test is about anything that tempts you with temporary pleasure for entrapment. Addiction to drugs, alcohol, sex, social media, news, power, fame, anything that feeds your soul other than God's righteousness. Flee, for it will entrap you. You can't move into your destiny until you have conquered that test. Which leads me to where we're at today. I get to do the prison test, and we're going to pick it up in Genesis 39 and verse 19. Here we go. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him, put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And as he was there in the prison, um, excuse me, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Do you know you can be in prison and still be prosperous? That the mercy of God will be with you? See, he already passed a few tests. He already knew he could be a steward. And the prisoner of the guard recognized that and put him in that position. However, I'm going to change the name of this prison test. So Pastor Kurt said, make your point, follow what Robert Morris said initially, and then do what you want. From here on over, from the rest of this, this is now Matt. <laughs> you guys ready? Because this is going to get deep fast. The reality is this test should be called the betrayal test. That leads you straight to prison. Prison. 
Y'all gonna need some Kleenex. Pretty soon I'm gonna ask MJ for some too. (laughs) Have you ever been betrayed? Have you ever done the right thing and still get punished for it? Have you ever opened your heart to trust to an, in, in another person, end up being unjustly accused, judged, condemned, abandoned, blamed, or rejected? You don't have to live long on this earth to experience this. For example, the betrayal of friends in grade school that don't make room for you at the lunch table or rejected from the recess basketball team. Maybe you weren't picked. How about the unrighteous blame from an authority figure like a teacher, coach, or a boss, or a pastor? I slipped that in because that's happened to me. Or maybe the abandonment from a lifelong friend, or the betrayal of trust from a spouse, or the violation of yourself, or a family member by a trusted person. No one here today is absence of the experience of betrayal. And to make it worse, like Joseph, you may have done nothing wrong and actually did the right thing. You still find yourself betrayed and you still find yourself in prison because of someone else's choices. The prison test, and nothing against my pastors who preached in advance, including Pastor Kurt. If you saw Pastor Greg's graphic last week, this is literally at the bend This test, the prison, is right at the bend before he enters into his promise. It's right here. And in my life as pastoring for 30 years, the majority of believers never get past this test. Let's be really honest. The majority of believers never get past this test. Because it's very deep, it's very personal. It's very painful. But today, we're going to show you how to walk out of the prison. So when I say we're getting deep, I don't mess around. Jesus don't mess around. We're going to have some good time. All right. So here we go. The prison for Joseph was physical, but his soul was also in prison. His thoughts, emotions, and beliefs were also in the dark dungeon of death. Let me tell you this. This is very important here. The goal of the betrayal test or AKA prison test is simply to derail you from your destiny. The goal of the prison test or the betray of being betrayed is simply to derail you from your destiny. And let me be very clear about this. And you can come take me out to lunch if you disagree. I like steak. The enemy's job is to steal, kill, and destroy you, period. This test is not from God. I need to say this, this test is not from God. The new covenant through Jesus Christ, God does not test us to fail. He calls us and rises us up to fulfill what we're called to do. It's the enemy's job to steal, kill, and destroy. Be very clear on that else you'll be blaming the wrong person. When you have been betrayed, and and yeah, I do like lunch, so you can take me out to lunch if you disagree. When you have been betrayed and in prison, you have some choices to make. Joseph was fully human, and I'm confident he had to deal with the following. Here we go. Number one, he had some questions. When he was put in prison, he had some questions. This is unjust. This is unfair. Why did this happen? Anyone do that? Anyone been there? Yep. 
wait, you guys are getting a head start. Anything, asking why does not get you out of prison. Let me say it again. Asking why does not get you out of prison. Two, defend. I didn't do it. Trying to tell everybody, I didn't do it. This is not my fault. Defending yourself does not get you out of prison. (laughs) Blame. This is Potiphar's wife's fault, and she did this to me. Is Joseph justified in blaming her? Yes. Does it get him out of prison? No. Blame will never get you out of this prison test. Man, I hope you guys hear this. It's powerful. Where are we at here? Number four, self-promotion. Does asking, it's actually the cupbearer, not the butler and baker. I made that up when I handed, turned in my notes the other day. And then I was redoing my notes. I was like, it's not the butler. <laughs> my notes are correct. Whoever did that. <laughs> it's the cupbearer and the baker. They have these dreams. And he interprets them. He has a gift of interpretation, by the way. And then he goes, hey, 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 when you get to the Pharaoh, remember me. Remember me. Don't forget me. Self-promotion. And then number five, Joseph had to get to the point where he had to surrender God's way. Did you know that it took him two years? Two years for this prison. Because all the first four happened in the f- pretty quick. He had to surrender to God's way. This is powerful. See, Romans chapter five, it's not up on the screen, verses three through five, talk about suffering pers- produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character and character produces hope. Thing is, in our Christian life, we want to skip that step. I'm serious. We just want the bridge that goes over the crevasse and go to Jesus and say, okay, we want to be on the rainbow bridge or something. I don't know. We just want to skip it all. But perseverance is what develops your character, which develops hope. And he tried all the things that he had to do himself. And he finally just had to surrender to God's way. He had to believe that God is a way maker. There's one hard action that Joseph had to choose every single day while he was in the dungeon of prison. There's one hard action that frees you from prison and to get your destiny back on track. And remember, betrayal's job is to derail you. Why don't you take a look at this video clip from, uh, if we got that queued up, do we have that queued up? For Polar Express.
like it. What in the name of Mike? seen that movie before the enemy's job is to steal kill and destroy and derail you from your destiny that's exactly what happened but there's some tools in that movie that biblical tools that actually will help you you ready for this first the shock of the derailment and then the cracking of the ice freezes them to no action when you've been betrayed deeply it stops you derails you and freezes you to no action and then you see the crack coming and ready. We're going to get sucked up. And we just stop, turned around, lost sight of where we're supposed to go. The boy refocuses them on the destiny tracks. There. There. Do you have someone in your life that says, There. Do you have someone in your life that won't let you stay there? I do. I have four close friends. As much as I said, I'm done, and they said, there. That's where you're supposed to go. The engineer is actually you. It's you are responsible for your heart. As much as they say there, and as much as Tom Hanks' character says left or right, which is the Holy Spirit, you have to engage. You have to listen 
and choose to put your, tr- your, your train back on focus and point to where God told you your destiny is and listen to the Holy Spirit because you're gonna go left and you're gonna go right from this betrayal. And every day you have to pull, push ahead and listen to the Holy Spirit. You ready? Here we go. A couple tools. One hard action, the choice of forgiveness. The one hard action is forgiveness. Joseph got out of prison because he chose to forgive. There is no other reason. Because his gift didn't do it. Because of the cupbearer, butler, baker, they forgot him. His gift didn't get him out of prison. Him engaging it God's way and choosing forgiveness got him out of prison. You ready? Here we go. Forgive means to send away, return to sender. If you look it up and study it, the word forgive means to send away. If you don't send it away, then you're choosing to keep it and stay in prison. Offenses happen, you choose to be offended. Don't blame me on that quote, that's Danny Salt. We choose to hold on to our justification of being wronged, then we are in the right and the other is not. We have to stop focusing on being wronged and instead surrender to God to work out our healing. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 22, forgive 70 times seven. It's not a religious requirement. It's not a law. It's a secret to freedom. Well, why 70 times seven? Forgiveness is like a barrier reef that protects your soul from the bombardment of emotional waves that come 70 times seven every day. When you've been betrayed and fresh out of that betrayal, the emotions will bombard you constantly. Forgiveness is building up the barrier reef to keep those out of your shoreline. Does that make sense? Another person's actions have put you into prison, but only you can get yourself out of prison by submitting to Jesus. The word says, actually, there's this quote by Marianne Williamson. She says it, a lot of people quote it, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> I like to say forgiveness is not stating that, you should, stating that they should be let off the hook. It is surrendering justice over to God so you can be free. Let me say that again. Forgiveness is not letting the other person off the hook. It is surrendering justice over to God so you can be free. I'm going to give you some steps to freedom here in a minute. But I want to say a couple things. You say, you know, Matt, forgiveness is a general Christianese uh, foundation. We've been taught it. We've been forgiven. We've been told to forgive. We've been, we've even tell our kids when, you know, little Billy punches Susie and we say, Billy, why'd you do that to your sister? And, you know, tell her, tell her you're sorry. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. Now, Susie, what do you do? She's like, okay, what do you say? She's like, eh. tell him you forgive him. Okay, I forgive him. Was there actually any heart change there? If we make forgiveness a religious work, that's all we're going to get. We're not going to get transformation. I'd rather her not forgive and say the words until she's done the work in her heart to forgive them. And sometimes it takes two years. I'm just being real. Because forgiveness is the hardest thing believers struggle with, in my opinion, and it's the one thing that keeps them in prison. 
And you may say, Matt, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, you're a pastor. You know, you probably, probably haven't had it too bad. Well, I'm not going to give you my whole story. But I will say that I know enough that I believe that God's work is true. I've had to forgive my um, stepfather who sexually abused me. I had to forgive my mom who emotionally abused me. I had to get, had, and physically abused me. I had to forgive others that abandoned me. And you go, oh, that's your childhood. It's dysfunctional. We know that story. But even as of recently, and I can't get into the whole story because it's not my full story to tell. But the reason I haven't preached in two years is because my family was deeply betrayed three years ago. And it's taken a three-year journey and a two-year journey to, to actually get to the place that I'm back on stage today, and that's to God's glory. If I did not forgive, I wouldn't be here. I'm just being up front. If I did not forgive. And you go, oh, was it that kind of a, a one and done thing? <laughs> oh, you foolish people. <laughs> no. There was days Kim and I cried. <laughs> Where's those Kleenexes? <clears throat> There's days that Kim and I cried. Thanks. I had that boy in my life. One of them's Pat McDonald here in Ashley. Another one's Blake Bush. Another one is named Pastor Kurt Chamberlain. You might have heard of him. He was there and prophesied over us right in the midst of the betrayal and gave us God's word. You need some friends that see you at your worst and still believe in your call. If you don't, men, why don't you come to men's group? <laughs> Women, go to women's group. Get some friends in your life that will call that out. I can say honestly with a clear conscience and a heart of grace and mercy that we have chosen to forgive and know that it set us out of the prison that the enemy intended us to keep us. Here we go. Next slide is steps to freedom through forgiveness. One, these are, these are really good tools. One, you have to name it. The offense of what happened truthfully. Name it. We're sometimes afraid to name what it did. You can't heal it till you name it. You remember, it's, it's amazing when Jesus was praying for people and they said, Jesus, Jesus. And he'd say, what do you need? Like, you're the son of God, don't you? Isn't it obvious what they need? Jesus. <laughs> he wanted them to name it. Two, assess the damage. How did it wound your heart's core worth and identity? How does it feel? Do you feel rejected, abused, devalued, disrespected, shame? What impact did it have on you? It's okay to assess the damage. Because if you don't, how do you know what needs to be healed? How do you know? Assess that damage. Say, this is what needs to be healed. This is what happened. Three, grieve the loss. Give yourself permission to feel. I was having lunch with someone the other day, and they were telling me something God told them, 
and you know, and they're like, yeah, I should, you should do this, and um, you know, and so forth. And okay, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna try to enunciate the best I can. I said to him, please don't shoot on yourself. Because we put law back on us when we say, you should be doing this, you should do this, you should do that. You're just inviting shame. You're actually not getting yourself out of prison. Grieve the loss. Have some tears. Scream from a mountaintop. I don't care. Yell at God. He's a big father. He can handle it. Do what you need to do to grieve it. Three. Anchor it with truth. Here we go. Who does God say you are? Who does God say you are? What is your identity? Who are you as a child of God? We're the child of God's scriptures. I have a resource if you want to know who you are as, as a child of God. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Left. Right. Left. Right. And he may be saying that to you multiple times a day. Because the waves of emotional betrayal are hitting you so hard that you're just crumbling. And when you're crumbling, call somebody. I have direct dial on those four friends of my, on my phone. And they are in the same as with them. Get built up and then listen to the Holy Spirit. Hey, 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 left, right. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Know that you are loved, accepted, approved, valued, adopted, redeemed, appreciated, respected, gifted, called. Let me say this. And I say, can I say this from my heart? You said, Matt, you know, there's some deep pains, you know, being betrayed, being cut off. Okay, for me, my personality, if someone cuts me off on the, on the road, that's a form of betrayal. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> If Harmony Brown was here, she's like, yeah, that's Matt. But I'm not, but there's some deep betrayals I've already touched on. And it's a journey. And sometimes those are going to take some time to work through. But let me say this. How do I say this the best way? Why are you giving someone else authority over your heart for your identity, worth, and value when it should only be God? I can't be betrayed by somebody if I don't turn over my identity, worth, and value over to them. It will hurt. It will sting. But you can stay out of prison a lot quicker. That's what I wanted to say. Did that make sense? Number five. Okay. Number five. Meditate. You're like freaking out. It's okay. The word of God says you can meditate. It's not a new age thing. It's a God thing. Meditate. Here I go. On the scriptures that he gives you, not memorization, meditation. What does that mean? It actually is using your imagination to engage your heart emotions. For example, let me ask you right now. Um, I won't ask anyone who's ever been in jail or prison, but if you have been, what does it feel like to be set free? What does it feel like to be fully accepted? What does it feel like to be fully loved? What would it feel like to be fully adopted? What it would feel like to be fully pardoned? 
you have to engage your heart and what it feels like with those truths. If you just focus on the scripture and memorization in your head, you're never going to experience it in your heart. Um, uh, Jim Richards, Dr. Jim Richards writes this thing, does this thing called heart physics. It's really simple. The concept is when an event happens in your life, combined with an emotional experience response, that event, it could be a lie or a truth, combined with the emotional response to your heart, writes a belief in your heart, writes, writes a belief on your heart right away. To rewrite that negative experience, you have to take the lie, replace it with truth, and then have your heart experience God emotionally, what that truth is, to rewrite that belief on your heart. You can do it through sozo, you can do it through heart physics, um, but that's, that's what we need to do. It's very powerful. Number f- six, you gotta send it. You gotta send it. You gotta send it away. Choose freedom, choose forgiveness. Return to sender. Kim actually said this to me while I was preparing this. You have to realize that the sender was the devil. Because I guarantee right now, if you guys are human, half of you already have a name in your head that you know who you need to forgive. Half of you are lying to yourself. (laughs) The name in your head that you have to forgive is important, but you need to know who sent it. Thanks, guys. Worship team and prayer team can work their way up too. We're going to do something here this morning give you opportunity to connect with this. In life, for the rest of your life, for the rest of your life, from this moment forward, I guarantee you will have to forgive at least one person. Pretty confident it's going to be probably a dozen or more. Are you willing to jeopardize your destiny to stay in prison because your justification of being right? I'm not. Are you willing to trust Jesus to heal you because some of those betrayals are very deep and very painful? and you need a way maker. You're like, Matt, I don't know how to do this. That's cool. I get it. Jesus does. So we're going to do an exercise today if you want. We'll have more prayer team. Thank you for coming up. <laughs> There's going to be some more prayer people. We're going to invite you during this worship song, a way maker. We're going to close out with this. Adam will close out after this. And um, you'll see that there's some tables here with a note card and a pen. I'm going to have the prayer team spread out a little bit away from the table so people can have some privacy. During the song, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to worship, and I would like you to boldly do something. I would like you to come up onto this piece of paper and write down the name that God says, I want you to forgive them. Fold it in half. If you want to pray with one of the prayer team members first, you don't have to say anybody who it is or whatever. Say, hey, pray with me, do it. Or take that piece, that card, crumble it up, 
and as an act of faith and choice, send it away and throw it in the trash can. Someone asked me, are you going, what are you going to do with these trash cans? We're going to throw them away. We're not going to count how many names come up. Like, oh. Because let me tell you, I already know, who, I already know the answer. Who's going to win all the count? It's the devil. I want to tell you right now, it's the devil trying to steal you from your destiny. It's not the person that betrayed you. They're hurt. They're wounded. They did things that they shouldn't have done but it's the devil. That, that they're not that they're not responsible for their choices. Turn that justice over to God. But if you want to be free, you got to write that down. You got to pray over it and send it away. And you may have to do this every day for a while. And that's okay. But I want you to start with these steps. Why don't you rise, stand to your feet. We're going to let the worship team lead us in this. And then Adam will close us out. So this is a time of worship and just take that step and boldly encourage you to do it.